Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for sitting in for over 60 episodes of this show. I still can't believe how far this has gone. It has been an amazing ride so far. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon. In fact, I just see it getting better and better and better. For all of you who have listened to the show, thank you so much for subscribing, for downloading, for rating and reviewing. I've noticed that the listening listeners count has gone up quite a bit on uh, on both Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, which is really terrific. And even uh, even on his home base and on Podbean. And with that in mind, I also hope that uh, all of you check out Excelsior Journeys on all the other platforms that it's available on as well. It is now available on, I believe the count now is about 13 different platforms, um, including the aforementioned Apple and uh, Spotify and Podbean, but it's also available on Google, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, Amazon, and the big one, Pandora. Yes, I finally got on Pandora. It took a little while, but it was worth it. It was so worth the wait to get that email and say, yes, you've been accepted. Here is the link where you can go ahead and get it, and here is the little sticker that you can put on your website. And if you go to the website, if you go to he's got it.com slash Excelsior Journeys, you're going to see all the different platforms where the show can be accessed. Your downloads, your subscriptions, your reviews, your rates, your shares, they mean the world to me. It is, has always been my goal for this show to not only reach a, a great audience, but to introduce so many great people to that audience. And you have all not only taken me in, but you've taken all of my amazing guests in. Now, for my story to celebrate this uh, this two-year anniversary, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you back a little bit, about, say, about 20 years or so. And this was around the time that my friends and I, we decided that we wanted to put together our own sketch comedy group. And using our friend Justin Adler's camera and uh, with his... Uh, we went ahead and put together a whole crop of different video sketches. And it was a lot of fun to do it. A lot of it was some serious uh, inside jokes. Uh, but at the same time, it was it was a blast to, to just take these sketches and see how far we can go with them. It was around the time about 20 years ago. That's when I met uh, the legendary Bruce Campbell. And I met Bruce at a signing over a Barnes & Noble in New York City. And he had just come out with his autobiography, If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. And it was it was a blast to hear him uh, read a little excerpt from it and then to be on the line and everything to go through it. And one of the things that really touched me about that book, and I was able to bring this up to him, was how there are certain people that took the time to really kind of invest in the short films and eventually what would become Evil Dead, that um, that Bruce and Sam Raimi and everyone involved would be in, would be a part of. And I was asked, telling him a little bit about the sketch comedy that my friends were doing, about the writing that I was doing, and how I really wanted to see things really kind of go forward, but I wasn't sure exactly what to do about that. And Bruce was so gracious enough to not only sign the book, obviously, but he put in a, a little line in there, which turns out it was a major catalyst all these years later. And the line said, hey, George, become a producer. And then he signed it. And basically what that means is, you know, seize control over your own destiny. Take that, run with it and see where it takes you. And he couldn't have been more right because even though the whole sketch comedy thing did not happen we we all we all had our own things to do at at the same time like uh you know we had all we never grew apart thankfully we're still all friends today and we're still you know all keeping in touch with each other even 
uh, nine years after I made the, the leap from New York to St. Louis. We all have our own personal projects. We all have our different things that going on. We all have our personal lives that, uh, that we're all dealing with. And um, it's been just a real pleasure to come across that one more time in 2018. It was about two years into my time as part of the Right Pack Radio Roundtable podcast show. And it was around that time that I decided I wanted to get into podcasting as well. At first, it was a matter of kind of going through my my list of Facebook friends and seeing just an amazing crop of so many creative people. I had actors, I had actresses, I had writers, I had filmmakers, I had dancers, I had uh, voiceover actors, I had artists, I had painters. It was just an amazing crop of people. And they're all my friends. They're all, I all have some sort of a personal connection with them. And the one thing that I was thinking of was just that all these people really need to get on a podcast. They need to tell their story because everything that they're doing, everything that they're saying, it's all positive. It's all great stuff. And it's something that a lot of people these days really need to know. And so I was thinking like, wow, these guys really need to be on a podcast. They need to get their stories out there. They need to let the world know who they are. And then after a little while, it became, okay, they need to be on my podcast because then all of a sudden like the podcasting bug really kind of bit me at that point i was already as i said before i was already involved in the right pack radio roundtable show and was having a great time with it but i also knew that there was there was room for more i knew that there was more that i wanted to do and so in 2018 i made the decision i made the announcement that i was going to go into podcasting solo podcasting and I was going to invite so many different people to come on. All of my friends that were that were involved in um, in this in this wonderful creative hub that you know that is my Facebook page. Um, so many great people. I wanted them on there. I wanted them to come on, tell their story. I knew that I had just a wealth of episodes just by bringing them on. And then it became, what am I going to call it? And how was I going to kind of like work this so that way it's not just like its own little separate entity way over there while I have the books and, you know, my voiceover work and my audiobook narrating. What was I going to do? How is that going to connect to everything? And fortunately, a very good friend, David Lucas, uh, who's the uh, now the um, the president emeritus of the St. Louis Writers Guild, he has uh, he actually took a look at um at the banner that I had um, over at a at a convention that I was at, where I was selling my books, uh, my banner that was uh, right behind me at that time, it had my first book, Excelsior, and then it's, you see it you know, like right down at the bottom, uh, the tagline, Part One in the Excelsior Journey, and so he pointed to that over my shoulder and just said, "Call it the Excelsior Journey," and that's when I looked at it. I was just like, "Wow, that's really good." That's a really good idea. And let me just go ahead and take it and just uh, and flip it and everything. I'll, I'll Instead of it being the Excelsior journey, I'll just make it Excelsior journeys. That way it's plural. That way it shows that everyone has their own. And I even commissioned the artist behind the covers of both Excelsior and Ever Upward, uh, Molly Phipps, who, by the way, is an absolute genius. And she went ahead and put together a piece of art that that um that worked perfectly with the um with the podcast with the um the covers for both Excelsior and Ever Upward but then it became its own thing because I said that you know like I love the whole um the border that she uses with the torn up notebook uh, notebook paper with the big hole in it and then having the title right in front of that and I said like instead of instead of it being anything else like the um like the sword or um or being on top of the rock or, or anything like that, you know, like facing New York City, it was going to be just like a road leading to the stars. Like the basically almost like I even used as reference, like the cover of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That was my idea, that, that sort of road leading to the big light, you know, like right at the right at the end of it and with a star field and everything around it. And man, did she take it and run with it? And it looks fantastic. And that got me really excited. 
And then it was, okay, you know, like, what, where am I going to put it? At that point, my podcast platform of choice was Podbean. That was the home of one of my, and still is the home of one of my favorite podcasts out there, Now Playing Podcast. And um, it's a it's a group of, group of guys that do uh, all these different uh, movie reviews, whether they're uh, movies that have just come out or they're retrospective reviews. It's a, it's got a terrific run of, you know, just some really great stuff. And so if, uh, if you're a fan of, of, uh, movie podcasts, now playing podcast and Saturday night movie sleepovers, those are the two that I always push. I realized that Podbean was going to be the best possible place for this. And so for the monthly payment, it's only 14 bucks a month. So I just knew like, that's where it's, that's where my show is going to be. And then it was a matter of figuring out who I was going to invite on and when I was going to have them on. Unfortunately, for the most part, everyone that I asked on uh, was was game for being on, thankfully. And it, it took a lot of scheduling for a lot of them. Uh, quite a few wouldn't become guests until season two, which I'll get to later. But it was it was great to see this sort of reaction from all these great people. And so I did a lot of listening to John Lee Dumas's podcast. There's Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is his main one, but then there's also a some like a podcast workshop kind of thing where he basically just walks you through the creation of a podcast. And it was a really, really great setup the way that he does it. So I listened to that religiously. I was just taking notes and taking his word on different things. And he also said that if you go ahead and, and give that show a five-star review, then he will leave an audio for a bumper for your show. And what that is, is what you hear at the beginning of each episode. When he says, hey, this is John Lee Dumas, award-winning podcaster for the Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you are listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy, Prepare to Ignite. He did that. He did that for me. And so that dropped right into the very beginning of the show. And so things just really seemed to really kind of fall into place. I was really, really happy with how everything was going. And Kudos to my first three guests, Doug Rozier, who is uh, who's an award-winning uh, West Coast Swing dancer, an instructor, an event director, and a produ- an event producer. Um, Mark Fratto, who is uh, who's a very well-accomplished uh, voiceover actor and sports announcer. You have likely seen him standing in the ring on HBO Boxing. And I also spoke with the writing team of Michelle Lynn and Michelle Bryan. Uh, who are USA Today bestselling authors. I think they're New York Times bestselling authors. I'm, I would have to take a look back. But those were my three because uh, John had recommended to everyone to start off with three episodes. And because you don't want to start off with just one. That's one thing that I learned. Uh, if you start with just one, then you're leaving it out there for people to think that that's all you have in the tank. But if you have three episodes, then you're giving them a good starter. You don't want to you know, drop 10 episodes all of a sudden because then you're giving, it's like you're giving your listener homework. You drop those first three episodes to really show what you have in mind, what the show is going to be, and then going on from there. And before that, I also recorded uh, what they call the episode zero, which is about five or six minutes or so of me talking about what the show is going to be. The whole thing like really kind of fell together very, very quickly. And all of a sudden it just felt like things were just moving in a really at a really good pace to um, you know getting to talk with so many really cool people, and as things were going, um, I was able to uh, even do like I think I think I wound up doing like about five interviews in one day over at um, at PenCon in uh, over in St. Louis in September of 2019, and that was a blast too because I got to speak with the. And that was a lot of fun because I got to talk to the writing and illustration team of Jennifer Stolzer and Jessica Matthews. I got to talk with author April Wood. I got to talk with with uh, bestselling author Amy Hale. Got to talk with uh, with Eric Asher, who has become a huge success in the indie in the indie world. Um, and as a real as a real uh, real special bonus, I got to talk to Mark Coker, the CEO of Smashwords. And any author out there, any indie author who you guys, I hope you are aware of Smashwords because they really do help out indie authors with getting out into all platforms. And 
Couldn't recommend them more. Mark, kudos to you. We had such a great conversation. I was very tempted to break it into two episodes, but then I thought that, you know, just one episode would be just fine. And that episode actually wound up being pretty much the season one finale uh, because it was right after that. That's when we started getting really kind of comfortable um, getting all set up in our new house. And that's when things really kind of like stopped for a while for the show. I had been wanting to get back into it, but I just couldn't really, you know, really couldn't pull the trigger on going going too far into it. And then in May of, of this past year of 2020, you know, this is a few months or so like into COVID. Uh, everything was very different than what um, than what we were used to. And then we got I got the word from a fellow um, alum from 411 Mania, Chad Webb, you know, great writer in and of, um, as well and just a really good friend who gave me the news that Larry Zonka, who was not the Larry Zonka that, you know, football fans know, but the Larry Zonka that we of the 411 Mania alumni know and love. He was one of like the top people on the 411 Mania site and he had unfortunately passed away. And it was around that same time that one of our other authors, uh, Tony Acero, who is also a good friend, he put it out there saying, don't wait on your creative ideas. If you have an idea, if you have something that you want to pursue, if you have a passion, don't wait on it. Go ahead and jump right into it. And that's when I knew that I had to get back to the show. And what better way to start off season two than inviting as many people as possible from 411 Mania to come on and not only to talk about our time on the site, but also to talk about Larry and also to talk about another 411 writer who had unfortunately passed away, Chris Hyatt. So I had the material. It was all right there. And I had a lot of guys that were all looking forward to being a part of this. Counting myself, we had 14 different writers from 411 Mania. And we were all just like, all there on Zoom. We talked for almost two hours. And it was so much fun. You want to talk about, you know, like getting that fire back in you? That's what that was. That's what it felt like. And all of a sudden, everyone was was talking and laughing and talking about Larry and talking about Chris and, you know, everyone sharing all these great stories. Now, the the last gentleman I'm introducing here is someone who, if um, if he didn't say what he said at our um, in our memorial column for Larry, um, this might have been put off a little bit longer. Um, but because uh, Tony Acero said what he said, which is not to put anything off. If you have something, if you have a passion, go for it right now. Um, here we are. And here is season two of Excelsior Journeys. So a huge thanks to Tony for saying w- what he did. Uh, Tony, please introduce yourself. Yeah, I actually got that off of a Cracker Jack box. So <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the screen, I don't, I don't know any of you. I don't even. I'm kidding. I love all of you. Um, uh, we're, we're given our, um, you know, resume. I just, uh, I remember reading it, and I, I said to myself, find the worst writer on the site, and latch yourself to him, and just be better. And I found Steve. And, <laughs> and it became this um, symbiotic relationship where um, he knew that I wouldn't shut up, so he allowed me to write as much as possible. It reminded me a lot of one of my favorite moments in radio, and unfortunately, it was one of those that was born of tragedy because it was reflecting on the death of uh, beloved comic Patrice O'Neill on the Opie and Anthony show. This was back in 2011 when they were still together. Opie and Anthony and Jim Norton, they were all talking about talking about Patrice. And then they cut to break. And then when they came back, they had about six more comics that were in the in the studio with them. And then a few more came, you know, as as it went on. And then a couple more came as the show went on. And it was an absolute joyous episode. And it's something that I constantly like go back and listen to because I tracked it down on YouTube. I was able to get it. And it's on my it's on my i uh, my iPhone. It's not going anywhere. I'm so I was so th- I that I've seen I've heard, listened to that episode dozens of times. Always makes me laugh because 
I mean, not to be all morbid or anything, but like that when when the time comes for me, like that's what I would love to see is that's what I would love to know, you know, happened like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of my friends and everything telling some stories, busting on each other and having a lot of laughs and creating something really magical for as a way for everyone to cope. And I am so thrilled that we got to do that for Larry and for Chris. And it still, to me, is one of my top five episodes of that whole show. Um, And then that really got things going because then all of a sudden I realized like, okay, I can do this if I go ahead and set things up, um, you know, make sure that everything is set up at a specific time so that way I'm not springing anything on anyone here and and everyone knows that this is when I record and that's it. That's the only time this week. And then when I get up in the morning before anyone else, I can go ahead and edit it and post it and get it all set for Tuesday when it goes up. And that and then, you know, like that all of a sudden created um, room for more people to come on and then another and another and another. And it really was just an amazing kind of feeling knowing that, you know, that I was really enjoying this whole process a lot. And I was really, you know, just really loving it. And that's really what this is all about. You have to have the sort of passion to go forward on these creative projects because you're the one that's that's taking them. You're the one that's running with them. If you don't feel any sort of passion for it, then what are you doing it for? So you have to have that because um, as of right now, you're, you know, like you're not, you know, it may you may not be getting paid for it. It's very likely something that you're doing on the side while you're doing a full-time job. So you need to have that passion. You need to have that love for what you're doing if you're going to succeed in this at all. Um, and that goes for everything. That goes for writing. It goes for audiobook narrating. It goes for voice acting. It goes for painting. It goes for filmmaking. It goes for screenwriting. It goes for dancing, you know, you know, t- and you know, being a dancing instructor, um, you have to have that drive. You have to have that love for what you do. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. You're just going to be going through the motions. It's going to feel like work. And who wants that? You already have work. It's your full time job. So, you know, make that. You know, obviously, put everything you got into that because you don't want to half ass that either. You want to make sure that you are putting everything you can into that. And you can be proud of what you do by doing that. And then you know, like, and then you could take that pride and you can take it, you, you can take that sense of accomplishment and everything, and then you can put it into your passion projects. That's what I highly recommend to everyone here. Now, um, this is basically the season finale, but at the same time, there is likely going to be one more episode. Um, I had pushed an episode that was going that uh, that was supposed to be recording at this time to be going up live this Tuesday, the twenty second. However, um, as plans will go, plans will go awry. My guest was going to be um, was going to be the great uh, music composer Vince DiCola, and uh, Vince is responsible for the scores for Rocky Four and Transformers the movie, two very seminal scores in my childhood. We were all set to record, and then all of a sudden, unfortunately, um, Vince got COVID, and so as, as did um, as did his wife. Um, so thankfully, as of right now, they're recovering. Um, you know, we have uh, we decided to kind of push everything back a little bit. Um, so if as he recovers, uh, the plan is to record uh, one more episode for this season, and then that will be the bonus episode of this season. Now, if Vince is still un, you know, it feels like he's not quite back to 100% if he's not able to, um if he still needs to postpone it, then what we're going to do is we're going to take this then we're going to take next week and we're going to take it off. So, that will basically just kind of let me catch my breath and enjoy um enjoy Christmas. Um so if if Vince feels like we still need to postpone, then the next episode is not going to take take place. Um, whatever the case, I will be alerting everyone. Um, if you don't hear anything from the 29th, that means that um, that means that uh, Vince is still going to do the show. He's still excited to do the show, thankfully, and um, and he is recovering, which is wonderful. That's really what matters at the end of it all. 
Um, but if he feels like, um, if he's feeling up to it, then fantastic. Then we'll record on the 26th and it will go up live on the 29th. Um, that's all up to him. I wish him the absolute best in terms of a full recovery. Um, I really, um, I want to thank his agent, Peter, for keeping me, um, keeping me updated on everything. I hope Peter, I hope you're staying safe and I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I am so excited for the chance to speak to Vince. And, uh, one really cool thing about Vince is that he will be the third person related to Transformers, the movie that I would have spoken to here. Um, one of the funny things is that I was able to connect through Facebook with Flint Dilly. Flint is the, he's credited as the story consultant. Um, but he was also very, uh, he was also very seminal in writing the screenplay, what would become the actual shooting script for Transformers, the movie. Um, and so he's got like a wealth of knowledge and he was also preparing to come out with his own book called the games master. And it was his memoirs going back from, you know, talking about the entire wonderful era of animation in the 1970s and 1980s as, as a writer for responsible for so many great things. And so I reached out to him, you know, just told him I would love the opportunity to have him on my show. And Flint, God bless him, he was all about it. He was he was into it. He wanted to do it. So we set up a time and we made it happen. And it's still, to me, just an amazing experience getting to talk to him on the show. And it was just a wonderful time, a wonderful chat. And we got to talk about his book too. So I got to help him. I got to help him promote the book. He got to help me by being on the show. And uh, we talked for over two hours and he was willing to talk some more. It would have, you know, we, we just thought it would like, you know, it would sort of advance the story and, and people think it was kind of cool. We didn't, we did not know we were traumatizing a generation, which we've been <laughs> accused of subsequently. And which, and which you would definitely do a couple minutes later when you see, you know, their beloved Optimus Prime on a table. <laughs> I know. And you know, like Perceptor, you know, get, you know, giving them the "I fear the wounds are fatal," and then all of a sudden, you see Optimus's eyes start to light up. Now, was that whole part of it with his eyes and the way that they go down, and then the um, that was that from, was was that all Nelson Chin? Yes, the, I was going to yeah. say, as far as I can tell, that was one hundred and fifty percent Nelson Chin. I mean, who else? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, you know, you're killing a robot. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, I mean, how do you kill a robot? It's a robot. Yeah. And there's, that was just the sheer brilliance of Nelson Chin to make, you know, a robot dying that, you know, that, uh, it feel that real. Cause you know, I mean, if you think about it, you know, it, it's like that could have felt really funky. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and really implausible and it didn't. And, and, you know, or, or people could have not gotten it and it didn't feel funky because Nelson just, just like played it perfectly. Everyone in that scene was just magnificent. And a big part of it for me, it, it felt like every, every element of it from the lighting of the scene to the Vince DiCola score yep. to everyone's performances to seeing the, um, to seeing the monitors go flatline and seeing the, the light, you know, like fade out of Optimus's eyes to turning gray and Daniel crying on him and everything. It was just like, well, we're really twisting the knife with a with a lot of these uh, with a lot of these kids here. Did you feel like it was? Did you feel like if if they weren't feeling anything, then they were really going to feel it? You know, like at yeah. That I mean, we were trying to. I mean, yeah, we we're definitely trying to make the most impactful scene we can make. I mean, uh, you know, no writer sits down and says, oh, "Yeah, I want to, I want to do a scene here that like you know, is kind of flat and doesn't." Right. Doesn't, you know. Yeah. What, but what, there's a difference between that and traumatizing people, and we had no idea we were doing that. You're you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean. When, you know, like when I was writing, I couldn't know what Vince DiCola was going to do. I sure couldn't know what Nelson was going to do. Yeah. You know? And so everything we did was was about trying to, um, you, know, you know, you know, trying to, you know, do the best we could with our part of it and creating a world mm -hmm. where everybody else could be brilliant. Uh, thankfully, I invited him to be a part of an idea that was start starting to brew in me, which was for him to come back on the show in August of 2021 to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Transformers the movie and he was all for it. So, yes. 
So he is going to be on the show. There, um, I have in mind a series of four episodes for Transformers the movie in August. And the first one, first episode is going to be about the development of the movie. Second one is going to be about the voices. Third one is going to be about the music. And the fourth one is going to be about the legacy. And so that's what I have in mind. We're going to see where um, where it goes in terms of me getting more and more people involved. Um, if Vince winds up having a really good time, which I really hope he does, um, then hopefully he'll come back in August to talk about the music. Um, and one of the voices that I've spoken to, um, voice actor Neil Ross, he was the one responsible for not only the voice of Springer, um, and he also got to, this was really cool during the episode, during the episode, he actually got to do, he went ahead and did the, I, one of the most iconic lines in the whole movie. And it was so cool getting to, getting to hear him say it live on my show. It was such a thrill. It was an absolute thrill. And you got to, and you got to, um, you were given one of the most, um, iconic lines in the whole movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember being at the theater in Westwood uh, when that line came on <laughs> the line, if you don't know, is uh, I've got better things to do tonight than die. Yes. Uh, that one hit the uh, speakers and the whole place went nuts. They jumped <laughs> up and down and cheered and yelled. It lasted for God, I don't know, 30, 40 seconds. And I thought, wow. And there was no other dialogue that, that you know that was that was following that. So they had a they had the the time to really kind of bask in that in that yeah. line because all the yeah. rest of it was sound effects and explosions because they were all shooting on Devastator. Yeah, um, and people still remember that line and want to hear it. So that's a that's a lovely gift. And it's I consider it a gift that you were able to you know to say it on my show. Like that's you know that's something I um, will definitely be you know be th- be ecstatic about um so, so neil more power to you god bless you thank you so much for being a part of the show um and we also got to talk about his his book as well because he has his own memoirs and if you haven't heard it by all means get it i think you can get it on i believe you can get it on kindle and on audio i got it on audio because he's a voice actor so i knew he was going to be doing it himself and boy did he ever and it was just an amazing an amazing book um, talking about decades of getting involved in not only animation, but also radio and television and film. We got to talk about it all. And we, and it was just such a thrill. It was an absolute thrill. And so I pitched the idea to him to come back on the show and he's for it. So again, really excited. So we're going to see where that goes. Now, um, one of the questions that I got, that I got from, um, from one of my uh, one of my listeners, uh, Heather Bradley. Thank you so much, Heather, for for putting this in. You asked a very simple, uh, very simple question: What does the future hold for Excelsior Journeys? Well, it turns out that the future holds a lot, because what I've decided is um, there are going to be certain miniseries that are going to be going on throughout 2021 that are all going to be basically just like uh, little miniseries that all have the same sort of theme. So in January, I'm going to be talking to various motivational speakers slash life coaches, um, performance coaches, you know, um, whatever whatever they prefer to refer to themselves. Um, January is always the month of the New Year's resolutions. Everyone's got an idea about what to do to improve themselves. So we are going to pack January with different conversations with different performance coaches that are all about helping people improve you know themselves. So it's going to be great to hear from them. I've already spoken to one. I've already spoken to Kimberly Spencer, the founder of Crown Yourself. It was a terrific episode. I had so much fun talking to her. And that is all set to go for the first week of January, the first Tuesday in January. Um, And then in February, I'm going to be talking to various black artists. It's going to be great to get their perspective on different things, different writers, different artists. It's going to be so much fun. In March, I'm going to be talking to different filmmakers. Some of them were people that said that they would be guests on the show way at the beginning. 
of of uh, of all of this during the development during the summer of 2018. And so we're going to hear from a lot of them from April through July. I am basically going to be playing some catch up. I am going to be reaching out to those who had filled out the application to be a guest way back when. Um, on my website, on he'sgotit.com slash Excelsior Journeys. So for those of you who also want to be a guest, please feel free to fill out the application. It's right there. Um, I will be talking to them, and then in August is when the Transformers the Movie Retrospective kicks in. Uh, so there is a lot going on. At the same time, I'm going to be switching up the format of the show just a little bit. From up to now... And next week, if uh, if we have if we have next week's episode, um, there has been a very basic format. It is you hear the John Lee Dumas bumper, you hear the intro, you hear me, and I am talking a little bit about where you can find the show, and then to um, uh, where you can download it, where you can subscribe to it, and everything. And uh, then I get to tell a little story about our guest, and then jumping right in, and then from there. We go into the, you know, we go into the interview and then wrap it up saying ever upward, see you next week. And then boom, we're out. Uh, so it's a very basic setup the way that the show is. And it's been very good to me. But what I'm doing now is I am going to be uh, starting things up the same way, except instead of having, you know, I'm going to be using the time to talk a little bit about the show and everything and a little bit about um, what is coming up. And then we cut to a commercial and then we come back and we jump right into the interview. So that's the only real change in the format. But what that little commercial that's being dropped in, that means that I'm opening up the door to sponsorships. And I already have a sponsorship application already on my website. He's got it.com slash Excelsior Journeys. And I have a very basic price list all set up. Um, anyone who chooses to to sponsor a, a specific show, that is only $20. But if you choose to sponsor a month's worth of shows, then you get a discount there and it's only $50. If you choose to do a block of months, say six months, then you get two months free and it's only $200. So that is what I ha- that is what I'm offering to anyone out there who chooses to take advantage of it. Just let me know, you know, like if you have a book that's coming out, um, by all means, that is, that's a great opportunity for you to drop that in because you're going to hear from indie authors. That's, that's basically what they call like, you know, swimming in my own pond. You know, I am an an indie author myself, hybrid author, actually, because I do, I am, uh, I've self-published from Parts Unknown and I have an indie publisher, a small press publisher for Excelsior and Ever Upward. And so that field is very welcoming to, to everyone. Everyone who is an author, if you would like to sponsor a show, that is where you go. You go to he's got it.com slash Excelsior Journeys, and that will take you to where you need to go to fill out the sponsorship application and to let me know which episode you would like to sponsor. So this is going to be a whole lot of fun. You're also going to be seeing like a ca- uh, calendar, so you'll be able to see who is going to be on each episode as I get it in there. So I'm going to be getting my guests a lot more in advance than I have. Um, I just got a question right now saying, will you limit it to one commercial per episode? Actually, I won't. You know, like I will limit it to say um, three 30 second blocks um, for commercials. So if um, that way, if there is someone who, if, if a month has already been purchased and somebody wants to come in and sponsor an episode, then boom, there you go. You get to do both. Uh, so I love the fact that I'm able to do this. I love the fact that I have this sort of platform that I can offer it up to, uh, to authors, to, uh, to, um, screenwriters, to filmmakers, you know, to voice actors, everyone. I am having such a great time doing this show and getting the sort of response that I've gotten so far. It sounds like a lot of you are really enjoying it too. And that is really, really means the world to me. Um, so I also got a wonderful question from, uh, from my friend, Laura. Uh, you can actually find Laura on Instagram on Laura's genealogy. And this is what she had to say. Hello, my name is Laura. I currently reside in Oregon. 
I know your goal was to have people call in and ask you a question about your journey. I feel it is also important for your listeners to know how your message reaches out to people that you have never met and gives them a sense of understanding, hope, and the confidence to move upward. Your podcasts, wow. Your excitement for the people that you interview and that you share how their creativity has touched and impacted your life makes for a podcast that keeps my attention and I want to hear every word, even if the person you are interviewing is discussing a topic that I am not that interested in. I still find myself engaged and taking a different look because you tell how you have grown from their knowledge and creativity. Your message, which I find in every episode that I have listened to so far, is that people matter and deserve to be known, and it is up to us as individuals to celebrate the people who have shared their creativity and touched our lives. The message you give is not only to support others, but to support yourself. Your advice is clear. Own yourself. What you have to offer matters, even if it just reaches one person. There will be setbacks and critics. Take the valid criticism and use it to your advantage to grow and improve. This is the message that has touched my life and has helped me to stand a bit taller and be proud of what I have accomplished and know that it is not for other people to decide the direction I take in life, but my own and to only do the things that make me happy. So George Soroy, I am ever grateful and just want to thank you. Now my question, which might be a tough one because you have already interviewed so many amazing people. Who do you feel is a bit unreachable, but you would like to interview them? And my second question would be, where can I buy an autographed copy of your book? Laura, thank you so much for everything, for all of all the, the wonderful positive words. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so glad to have you as a friend, to have you as a supporter. And it's been just a real privilege getting to know you. Um, when it comes to the guests that um, that I haven't, that I feel like are out of reach, it's basically those that are not involved in um, in social media as much. That's really where I've gotten pretty much all of my guests um, is, you know, reaching out to them through social media. That's where I found, that's where I got Flint Dilly. That's where I got Neil Ross. That's where I got the Halloween 6 screenwriter, Daniel Farrens. Daniel, I cannot wait to have you back on the show. I know we had to cut it short. I am so excited that you've already said that you're going to be coming on. We just got to work out the scheduling and we'll be able to talk about both Never Sleep Again and Crystal Lake Memories and much more. Really, really excited to have you back on here. Um, I've gotten to speak with just a real great crop of people. You know, my my personal friends and friends, you know, like beyond that, you know, people that I've just known through social media that I've, you know, was able to finally speak with for the first time. It was just an amazing, an amazing time. There are two voice actors that if I could get them both, if I could actually get them both on the same show, that would be just like, that would be the fanboy in me just like fully come to life. And that would be Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. These are two legendary voice actors and having them on at the same time would be just amazing. So I'm putting that out there in the universe right now. I would love to have Frank Frank Welker and Peter Cullen on this show, on Excelsior Journeys. Um, anyone who can make that happen, please do. Because Peter Cullen is the legendary voice of Optimus Prime. Frank Welker is the legendary voice of Megatron. And he's also the voice of Soundwave, Rumble, Frenzy, uh, Fred Jones from Scooby-Doo. Um, he's the vo- been the voice of uh, Gremlins. The guy has the, the longest, and I'm not, this is not hyperbole, the longest IMDb credit list in anyone in motion picture. So... That is that is my, that is like my main my main get right there. Like having him having the two of them there would be just amazing, especially considering the fact that um, that the first Excelsior book opens with 
a quote from Transformers the movie, which was a was was a big uh, factor in bringing on Flint Dilly, um, because he's the man who wrote it. He's the man who wrote the line, and having him on there, just uh, I, <laughs> it's you can tell. I am having a blast doing this show. This show has been everything that I wanted it to be and more. Um, Laura also had another question. Um, and this may seem very self-serving, but at the same time, she asked. And it's, where can I get a signed copy of your book? Um, you can actually go to um, the same website, he's got it.com, But instead of clicking on the podcast link to go to Excelsior Journeys, uh, you would go to store. And if you click on store, that opens it up to two different links. You can get either, um, you can go to bonfire.com, which is where you can get the t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Um, which promotes the fact that I am now on Amazon and it says blank play the Excelsior Journeys podcast. I say blank because the the quote unquote person, the Amazon Echo Dot, is right next to me. The other link takes you over to my store so that way you can go uh my direct sales store. So you can get a copy of Excelsior or Ever Upward or from Parts Unknown. And you can get them signed from me. And because they're coming from me, you're also going to be getting a little few extra goodies in there. Uh, some couple of uh, rubber bracelets for the um, for the website and also some you know stickers for the podcast. Uh, you're, you're going to get some you're going to get some fun, fun gifts, including this is something that I always do whenever I'm I'm at a convention of some sort, wherever I'm doing any sort of in-person sales. But what I'll do is I will take a four by six page of photo paper and I will sketch out what Excelsior looked like when I first created them back in 1992. And so that's a really fun little, um, a, a fun little additional extra that I, that I throw in. So you will get a, a personalized, you know, hand-drawn sketch of this character from me as one of, you know, several free gifts that you'll get by, by purchasing directly from me. Um, so I really hope that uh, that all of you who are looking for something extra, it's likely going to be too late to get it for Christmas time, but at least, you know, something for after Christmas for something to begin the new year, you can get that as as a fun little bonus. Um, the other site, the other page that's there, um, as I said before, the bonfire page um, that will take you over to a link on bonfire.com where you can purchase a copy of the shirt, uh, purchase one, one of the t-shirts that I, that I have. Um, however, all the proceeds for the shirts, they go directly to the nonprofit organization called make way for books. And they're dedicated to putting books in the hands of, of, uh, young kids, preschoolers, daycares, um, everything to get, uh, get kids learning to read as quickly as possible. It's a it's it's an organization I believe in quite quite a bit, and they were really happy to work with me with um, with getting these T-shirts out there. So uh, please go ahead and click on that link. You can find it at he's got slash store and that will take you right over there. And then I have a uh, have a another question that's come in uh, an MP3 question that came in through uh, through one of my through another friend. A fellow podcaster, Jason, who runs the Sample Chapter podcast. Terrific show. Highly recommended. Definitely go ahead and get, give it a listen. He recently interviewed Lou Diamond Phillips, and it was a great episode, too, since Lou has, has his own book that's that's come out. So he got to talk a lot about that. So um, here's his question, and I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, George. This is Jason Meiske of the Sample Chapter podcast. And I just wanted to take a moment and congratulate the Excelsior Journeys podcast on its second anniversary. Wow, what a journey it has been. I'm so thrilled to have been following the show since its earliest days. And of course, right away, I knew this was a special show. And I went back and downloaded all the episodes I had missed and have been caught up ever since. And, uh, you know, it's just such an amazing accomplishment that you've been doing this show for two years now. So way to go, my friend. I'm very, very happy for you. So I do have a question for you, which is, as a family man who works another job, is an author as well, and now a podcaster who's doing these incredible interviews and then putting the show together, where do you find the time? How do you make it work? How do you juggle that time? 
Once again, my friend, take care. Congratulations on a two-year anniversary with the show, and I look forward to celebrating even more in the future. Thank you so much, Jason. When it comes to finding the time to do it, this is uh, this is something that I really, really credit my wife to. Uh, my wife, um, having having dealt with me, must she does have the patience of a saint, and um, she is aware. She is uh, accepting of the fact that I have this show. Uh, she's been enjoying it herself. She loves how it the sort of reach that it's gotten. Uh, she has even put in some suggestions on who to reach out for for future guests. And um, some of them she is uh, she's thrown in there, um, such as Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. It would be amazing to have to have him on. So, again, putting it out there into the world. Pee Wee, Paul would love to have you on, would, would love to hear his journey as well. But uh, but yeah, as long as I make sure that she is aware of the fact that I am recording at this specific time, then she's all good with it. Um, the one thing you don't want to do, and this is something that I, I recommend to all podcasters that are out there, uh, do not just throw it out there just saying like, okay, I'm going to go record. No, you don't do that. You want to make sure that you are you know, giving them the heads up. You want to make sure communication is key. That's what it, that's what this is all about. Communication is key. And that's what will get you to the sort of success that you need. Um, that's the way that I've been handling things since uh, since we got the show up and running again. And it's been a very, very smooth process. And again, you know, it's, it's very much like um, it's kind of like the, the line in Glengarry Glen Ross. The truth, George, always tell the truth. It's the easiest thing to remember. And so that's something that, you know, you just don't want to spring anything on. You don't want to hide anything from them. You just want to, you know, just make sure that they know ahead of time. This is when I record. And by the way, this is who I'm going to have on. And that's that's a wonderful little bonus, especially if it's somebody that they are aware of. I also got another question from uh, my wonderful story editor, Jerry Ann Geller, asking, um, asking what a young man needs to do to get involved in voice acting slash audiobook narrating. Um Obviously, this is for, you know, this is for her son, and I hope that what I have here will help. Um, but I would say the main thing is um, connections. That is what's been, that is what's worked for me, and that is what, um, that is what will work for anyone in the future. Um, the way that I handled myself as a voice actor, more of an audiobook narrator than anything, is the fact that a lot of my friends through Facebook, through social media and everything, are authors themselves. And everyone wants to have their books out there, right? So I basically reached out to them. I did that when I first started this whole wonderful run as a um, as an audiobook narrator um, because I needed the lessons. I knew I needed the lessons. I couldn't just jump in right away. This was something that was way too important to do that. So what I did was I basically said to them, I set up a, um, a Kickstarter campaign and I said, look, I will narrate a thousand words for $20. I will narrate 500 words for $10. And that helped me raise the money for the voice lessons that I got over Clayton Studios here in St. Louis. And um, they were an absolute joy to work with. Read copy to get comfortable behind the mic. I learned so much during all of that. And then finally, after I had done that, that's when I reached out to my publisher at the time for Excelsior, and I went ahead and narrated the opening chapter, and I sent it over to her, and I said, you know, like, how does this sound for um, to do the audiobook? And she responded saying, sounds great, go for it. And so I did the entire run. Um, it took about a month's worth a month's worth of work for the narrating and another month of editing. I strongly recommend you narrate the chapter, edit the chapter, narrate the chapter, edit the chapter. You go in that order. If you do all the narrating and then all the editing, the editing becomes the most tedious thing in the world. Do not rec I do not recommend that, even though I constantly find myself falling into that same pitfall. It's like the E.T. video game, how you can't get out of those pits. That's the way it is with me with uh, behind the scenes. Um, so at some point, I'm going to figure out, you know, like get in a really good rhythm with 
narrating a chapter, then editing the chapter, and then going on from there. So that is where that is where I am with that. So um, I was able to use those same connections of reaching out to people to narrate the little bits and pieces that they could use for their own website that they could use to promote, you know, as promotional tools for all of their writing. And it became, it was a lot of fun to put that stuff together. And so what I did was I just kept in touch with everybody and I was able to make some really good connections by just asking them, do you have, do you have someone who's going to be doing this audiobook? No, let me audition for you. And I went ahead and would read a chapter. And that led me to, that's now gotten me more than a dozen audiobooks out there in various genres. And it's been a lot of fun doing it. I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. In fact, um, I have a steady client who is making a point to keep me in in, in business and God bless him for it. Um, so I am really excited for what the future holds for that. Um, so I would definitely just say for, um, you know, Jerry Ann to answer your question, reach out to people, um, have him connect with other writers, have him connect with indie authors, because they're always looking for a way to get their stories out there. I went ahead and opened this up on Instagram as well to uh, basically just to see like what, what other questions there, there might be. And one of them said, uh, as a writer, how are you doing with this COVID thing going on? Thank you, Rod Scarborough, for asking. Actually, in t- the author side of me has been rather dormant. I finished up in early 2000, uh, in early 2020, I finished up the, um, a hybrid of an outline and a manuscript for Greater Glory, part three in the Excelsior journey. And this one is really the toughest of all of my books that I've had to write because the structure of everything, it's, it's, it doesn't just focus on my main character, Matthew Peters. It's, putting the focus on a lot of other people that are that are still kind of reeling from the events from the second book. I'm not going to say what they are, but I'm just saying that they are reeling from that. And because of that, it's become more of an ensemble type story. And in this case, with both Excelsior and Ever Upward, I had some real good working skeletons throughout uh, from high school on that I was able to kind of add some meat here and there. And, and then finally, like um, things really came came alive from 2009 on that's when things really started going with this uh with this whole saga with greater glory with part three all i really had and still only really have is a handful of wouldn't this be cool moments so i never really had a full beginning middle and end structure i have more of one now um, but it still needs some more work before I go ahead and submit the next draft, obviously, because I don't even really have like a full first draft for this yet. So I'm able to take what I have, make the adjustments, which I already have made, and then add some more meat, add some more meat, add some more meat until I have like a full on completed manuscript that I can send into my publisher. And hopefully he'll like it because it will wrap up this whole trilogy. Part threes are a pain to write. I will go ahead and say that. Part threes are tough. There are so many part threes that are out there that all have the same sort of structure. Get the characters out of their mess from the end of part two, and then go off on the big, you know, all-out adventure to wrap up this whole trilogy. That's Return of the Jedi has that structure. The Matrix Revolutions has that structure. Um... Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, that has that structure. There are so many different kinds of part threes that are out there that do just that. So I have been wanting to do something completely different from that. And that's been, I don't want to say it's my my downfall, but it's been an issue, you know, that I've been dealing with. I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. It's been just about an hour. So I'll go ahead and just finish this up by saying I am so grateful to all of you for listening to these episodes so far. Um, it's been an amazing ride. I am so, so excited for the future. I am so excited for more ep- the more episodes that we already have on the slate. I am even more excited for the ones that aren't yet. Who knows what the future is going to hold? 2021 is going to be amazing. I am so excited for what's to come. And I thank you all for taking this ride with me. 
and for still staying on because we still have a long ways to go. Season three is coming. It's going to be a blast. I am really looking forward to everything that that uh, the show has to offer and all of your interaction as well. Please keep subscribing. Please keep downloading. The future is incredibly bright. I am so excited for what's to come. And for myself, for season two of Excelsior Journeys, this is George Saroy saying to all of you, ever upward, if I don't see you next week, then I will see you in two weeks for the start of 2021. Everyone have a wonderful Christmas. Have a great new year. Ever upward to all of you. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.